Today is November 17th. Welcome to Native Calgarian. Oki, Naganako, Mekoche, Chase Tokom Aki, or Dekots Nagotine Siku. Hi, my name is Red Thunder Woman. My married English name is Michelle Robinson, and I use she and her pronouns. My Dene lineage roots me in the land of the Great Bear Lake Tribe in Treaty 11. My name, Dekots Nagotine Siku. Uh, my people wore rabbit skin, so it's often been referred to as the land of the hair people. I'm a native to Turtle Island, and my Dene nation is a visitor to this area of Clincho Tene Indahe in Satu Dene, meaning many big dog town, named after the Calgary Stampede. I was born in Calgary or in Blackfoot, Mokinstis, as Michelle Elliott, an English name which has afforded me privilege in an English colonial world. My mother is Northern Slavey Dene or Satu Dene, but my Indian Act and Post status card by the Canadian government says Yellow Knives Dene. Through my father, I am a daughter of the Mayflower and a daughter of the American Revolution while having a Canadian Indian Act and Post status card. That is a colonial construct by Canadian policies meant to divide Indigenous peoples' inherent rights. Indigenous Two-Spirit or the Indigenous 2SLGBTQ plus community and Indigenous women are at the bottom of the Canadian socioeconomic ladder because of colonial trauma, imposed poverty, racism, gendered violence, and land theft. I do not speak on behalf of all Indigenous. I just share my journey as I walk down the red road. As a dating woman who has attempted to run after joining harmful colonial parties, spent money to be at expensive conventions, left my home to travel to those conventions just to vote on incomplete policies that still allow incarceration, a denial of justice, a denial of health services, racism, colonial trauma, and genocide of Indigenous and Black peoples, I have work to do reports to advocate for, and attempt to work within these systems meant to harm me and my community. I think of all of this today and hope we honor the many Indigenous lives lost for this so-called country named Canada. I hope you see your role in the importance of stopping harm as a citizen, see your role in reconciliation and as a treaty partner. Pride Month should never be just one month. It is important to understand the straight agenda and gendered violence was and is forced on these lands by Christian outsiders. Land acknowledgements are critical for creating a safer space for Indigenous, as well as honoring the host as a guest and acknowledging your role as a treaty partner in a so-called time of reconciliation. So this would be a good time for me to acknowledge that it's uh, Trans Awareness Week and that it's also Métis Awareness Week. And yesterday was Louis Riel Day. So I think it's important to honor those things as we, as we go and move forward. It's important land acknowledgements have meaning to encourage I encourage all people to introduce themselves with an acknowledgement of their ancestors, stories of displacement, and how you perceive your role as a treaty partner, a citizen of Canada, a refugee, or other land displacement, so we as Indigenous people know how safe you are to be around. If you won't use your, um, if you don't know how to pronounce your local Indigenous nation's names, if you won't pronounce your pronouns, you won't say your story of origin, won't acknowledge stolen lands, uh, imposed economic oppression, or your role in reconciliation, I determine how safe you are to be around my community, my family, and myself. Understanding land acknowledgements and their importance is Indigenous 101, because it immediately addresses colonialism, oppression dynamics, broken treaties, and lies taught today in Canadian schools nationally. That's why settlers and those who call themselves native Calgarians or whatever town you're from, Show me you have no Indigenous 101 understanding. 
Jesse Winty's book Unreconciled explains this perfectly, as do many other Indigenous authored books. Land Back is a movement that would save this planet from climate change created by colonialism, but that would also be part of the treaty partnership, meaningful reconciliation and honoring global initiatives like the UN Declaration of the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. I honor the Blackfoot as the elders and members have been kind to me on my Red Road journey. Elder Red Crane taught me how to pronounce my spirit name in Blackfoot and Leonard Kenny taught me how to pronounce my spirit name in Satu Dene. My humblest apologies to the Blackfoot and Dene elders and language keepers as I try to learn proper pronunciation. I always get a kick out of them saying, you're Southern accent. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> I'm speaking to you on the lands of the Nitsitapi, which is the Blackfoot Confederacy. The Blackfoot South Indian Post US-Canadian border are the Blackfeet. North of the border are the Siksika, Gunai, and Bagani of the Confederacy. These lands are Treaty 7, signed September 22nd, 1877, with signatures that include the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Wesley Chiniki and Bearspaw Nations of the Stony Nation, and the Dene from Sutina. I acknowledge all First Nations, Métis, Inuit, status and non-status across Turtle Island as the keepers of these lands. All non-Indigenous are treaty partners with the government signing on your behalf. My Patreon account is Native Calgarian, where you can pledge and support. Thank you, previous donors, for showing your support. Actually, I will say I'm coming up on my one-year anniversary of being pretty destitute, and I need to tell you all how much you've helped me rebuild who I am. I am not the same person. I've aged 10 years in the course of a year for those who have listened, but I need you to know if you were one of those people that helped me then or continue to help me now, how much I've appreciated your support. So anyway, if you value listening or watching and can afford to give, thank you. To those who cannot afford to give, I'd love to hear from you at nativeyyc at gmail.com where you can send in your comments or your questions. Also, giving a review helps on whatever medium you are listening from. I have a, a YouTube channel. You could go and subscribe. Go to nativecalgarian.com for the latest podcast and pin posts on social media. So with that, I'd like to introduce my friend, Kurt. Kurt, I've been lucky enough to know you for quite some time, and I'm so grateful you're finally coming on my show. I do wish it was for a better reason. So why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about who you are and all the cool things you do first, and then we'll talk about some other stuff too. Sure. Um, I, I just said hello uh, in both both the languages that I come from, and I think it's important that uh, you know we start off that way. And my my great great grandfather, um, he looked really young when when he was old. He was seventy five or so, and one of the Indian agents that were were uh, you know escorting him onto the reserve said, "You know what? You look really young. You know, even though you're an elder." We're gonna name you young and so um that's that's how i received this last name of, of young so when i said wapomostus uh, that's actually my true last name which is gray buffalo i'm going to be changing my name um hopefully in the fall here and uh so just to to let people know that because a lot of people know me as kurt young but just a little story in the background of of my journey um, finding who I am as an Indigenous man and uh, uh, some of the culture 
um, and the teachings and ceremonies of, of where I come from, which is George Gordon's First Nation. So thank you to the Treaty 7 people for having me as a guest on their land. And thank you, uh, Michelle, for having me as a guest on the show here today. Oh. Um, so I'm, I'm a, I'm a, a uh, Indigenous artist. Um, I, I use uh, all forms of art uh, to share my story uh, through music. Um, through singer singer songwriter style music with with dance and also the hand drum uh, and also I'm a grass dancer as well so and, and I make quills and uh, I, I design jewelry for women as well and and men or all people and I um, I also uh, um, this year recently I, I put out my first film called uh, They Found Us which was um, a, a film that was was uh, you know uh, a dedication to the the missing and uh, uh, you know the, the 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 unsearched graves on my reserve the search for the unmarked graves and uh, so that's where I learned a lot of um, like where I come from and and some of the teachings and stuff and you know I've I've kind of used arts as a a healing form for my whole life and. Uh, you know, uh, coming from George Gordon's First Nation, we still had a um, residential school open in 1996. So there's a lot of healing that are that is still, um, you know, being done. And I'm so great, gracious to the uh, Blackfoot people as well for accepting me into their territory at quite a young age. I uh, I moved to um, to uh, Alberta when I was about five years old, six years old. And uh, I lived in between uh, Edmonton and Calgary back and forth pretty much my whole life and still uh, leading till now. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, the Blackfoot people taught me how to do was hug, which was really uh, interesting because, you know, as, as I said, you know, coming from a residential school, uh, my parents, both my parents uh, went to residential school. So. Um, you know, that uh, even even just something as simple as hugging, I, I never learned how to hug till I was about 28 years old. Um, and so, uh, you know, that that was, uh, um, you know, part of part of my learning process is, you know, and, and a lot of a lot of times I heal through my forms of art um, and, and, and creating and that type of thing. And I think um, as an artist, it's always important to you know, use our platforms as best as we can to talk about not only the history of our people, but the things that are happening in, in today's society, as we see, uh, you know, our, our lives are changing, our culture, our ceremonies and stuff are, are evolving as well. Um, you know, but we always hold true to that, uh, having that respect to, to those teachings as well. And, um, you know, I'm just uh, really lucky to wake up every day and 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 be happy with with uh with what i got planned that day and and i i, I think that's a part i that's a part of my the hugest blessing for me is is um doing what i love to do uh, I, i'm so thankful for the for for that and you know it's for me it's not about uh you know being rich and famous and all those things and a lot of my work is done in the communities a lot of my performing arts and all that stuff is done in the schools. Um, not so much 
huge festivals or any of those things. It's always kind of been my focus is to work with uh, the community through um, through music because I, I grew up with a learning disability as well. So uh, music helped me with my with my education. So I just kind of wanted to share that and you know learning stuff about the drum and the flute and uh, you know some of those stories and being able to share that with with uh, you know with the rest of Canada and, and you know beyond is has been such a blessing. So you know I, I thank you and that's just a little bit of an intro of who I am and uh, yeah what I do. Well, I, I can't say enough praises um, for your music videos, for your work that you do. You're kind of that person I, I, I tell a lot of people about that when they, because you, know, you and I are, are very different. You're an artist and I have always seen myself as a, as um, an angry like mom who's like changed the system now. So uh, when people call me and they say, can I have you perform? I say, no, I'm not a performance artist. And, and I'll, I'll say, but I can give you lots of references. Um, Cause I, I just, I'm there to talk about serious um, po political issues. And I wish um, I, I had found music and, and thing, a, a way to express myself artistically better sooner. And I don't know if you know, recently I was allowed to be one of the TikTok accelerators and That's I've, <laughs> let me tell you, being authentically myself, not white coding and, um, you know, calling myself an entrepreneur, an artist, these are really hard things for me to consider because I used to draft wells and pipelines. I consider myself a drafter, um, you know, so when I ran for municipal because I understood, you know, land development, I, I understood that that made sense for me. And now I'm realizing that I have to start seeing myself as an entrepreneur and artist and that's a scary word for me because when I think of artists I think of you I think of folks like you have always been able to tell your uh, story in such a good way in with such great music or 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 just uh, storytelling in general so I just hope you know I have a deep admiration and respect for everything that you do and I'm I'm grateful I finally get to have you on my podcast for no other reason than to promote all of that great work you do and uh, but unfortunately something happened to you the other day that really um, you know it it's really upsetting and I, I wanted to give you the platform because I know what it's like talking to media and if they give you two sentences that's a good day so <laughs> podcasts are a little better that you can you can tell your whole story exactly no I uh yeah I, I was uh yeah it's, it's really just quite an unfortunate in incident but uh you know there might be something that we can do special uh, out of this situation but yeah, I was, um, I, I brought my son and, and my son lives on Six Saga uh, with his mom. And so I, I get to pick him up and stuff and we hang out. And so I, I ended up going to pick him up that day. And, um, you know, I brought him in and he was like, you know, I need a haircut and some clothes and stuff. And so we went to the, to the Cross Iron Mills and, um, you know, he, you know, we were like walking around the mall, having fun, you know, doing doing a, a kind of a dad and son uh, date, I would say. <laughs> yeah. And it was cool. And uh, but so we went to this uh, salon um, and, you know, we went there. It was really, really packed and busy in there. Um, they had quite a bit of people. So we went and, um, you know, we took we 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 put down for an appointment at 530 and 
we ended up uh, coming back and um, they sat him down in the chair. They washed his hair. And then one of the ladies um, came over to me and said, you know, your son, um, unfortunately, the barber has said that your son has lice, you know? And so like, it, you know, it was crazy because we already had been um, in there for a good 10 minutes. So everybody in the, the whole shop had seen us um, immediately. So they came and told me first and then they went and told him and he just immediately like put his hood on and kind of got up and, and walked towards me. And, you know, my first reaction and, and because like I, I was picking him up from his mom's and I wasn't sure what was going on with the situation because we have seen, uh, you know, lice happen, you know, on the reserve and stuff like, you know, I've had cousins who have dealt with it and those type of things. So I wasn't sure. So my first immediate reaction was to apologize to her and to the shop um, immediately. Um, you know, and so we, we got up and, you know, I apologized to my son. I said, don't, don't, don't worry about it. You know, um, these things happen, you know, I was trying to comfort him because he said, you know, he's under the age of 18. And so, you know, he's, he's already dealing with, you know, the, the issues that teenagers deal with those, those image, you know, well, I, I have a 15 year old, you know, that, and like, honestly, yeah. they're so fragile right now. The last thing you want to do is, is embarrass them, hurt them in any way. Like I have to check every TikTok I do with her to just to make sure I don't embarrass her. She has to go to school the next day. So I, I get what you're saying about, oh. you know, our teens and, and making sure we delicately uh, handle a situation like that. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of, you know, what it was, it was like really embarrassing for him and for me as well too, you know? And so we were walking out and I realized, you know, like, well, let me just look at his hair, you know, because he is, um, he's half um, Antiguan. Um, so they're from the islands. And so he has actually Afro hair. So he's always dealt with, um, with issues, especially in the, in the, when it starts to get cold with dry scalp. And um, wow. he needs uh, oils. He actually needs oils for his hair and that type of thing. Right. So um, he's always dealt with that type of thing. It's always kind of been a part of it, right? Because sometimes some oils will work for a while and then you have to switch it up, right? So, um, yeah, so, and so I, but I, I looked at his hair and, you know, I know a little bit about lice myself and stuff and I didn't really see lice. I saw dandruff and dry hair, you know, so, and then I started to think about it on our drive. You know, we were together for, you know, a good like two hours in the vehicle. I never really seen him scratching or any of the signs that, you know, he would have. Because um, my, my honest plan is we had a dinner to go to that night. So I was going to do his hair myself at my mom's house. So I thought, you know what, I'll take him up into the room. I'll shave his hair. He can have a shower. He'll feel better. The whole thing. And, uh, but then something told me like, you know what, since like you checked, haven't seen them scratching. I just want to ask, you know, I just want to check it out. So I brought him to another salon in Airdrie. And so I brought him there. He didn't want to go in, you know, his hair, he had his hood on 
he was already embarrassed. He didn't want to go in. I said, we need to kind of do this. Like I, I've, I just, I have this, this feeling inside of my stomach that we have to, we have to check this out. We have to get a second opinion. <laughs> and so I didn't tell the, the, the barber our experience. I just sent him in there. And so he went in and then halfway into his haircut, I went in and I asked her, was there anything wrong with his hair at all? And she said, other than like a dry scalp, um, you know, there was nothing. And I said, so there was no lice, there was no nothing. And she said, no. And I said, because, you know, we were just turned away at Cross Iron Mills, um, you know, and accused of having lice. You know, my son was accused of having lice over there. And, um, you know, and she said, no, there's no lice here. Like, you know, we're fine with, with doing his hair. So I went out and I made a video, um, you know, of it, you know, and while they were finishing up, you know, and I asked if I could video in there and she wasn't comfortable with it. So I respected that. And so I video in my vehicle and I just explained that, you know, my, I remember my, my, um, my aunties and my mom talking about, you know, being discriminated against, you know, with their hair and with their, you know, with even being clean and those type of things back in the seventies, eighties and those type of things. But to think that that would happen, you know, to my son here in, in 2022 at Cross, Cross, Cross Iron Mills, Avita uh, Barbershop, you know, um, it was just, uh, yeah, it was, it was dumbfounding. It was like, you know, to, to put somebody that's under the age of 18 through the, through that traumatic, uh, you know, feeling. And then, you know, I mean, for myself, I felt like, well, you know, I could just let it go, you know, and just, you know, move on, you know, with the positive things that we have going on and that, but I just thought, you know what, I, there's just been too many times where people have gone through this, uh, you know, this, um, these situations of discrimination and being turned away um, and being looked at as, um, you know, with those stereotypes that uh, a lot of newcomers believe in. And, uh, you know, there's, and, and I will say that uh, I wasn't sure um, what race, uh, uh, what race the, the barber shop was like the, cause you know, they were all the, pretty much, I think the same race. I can't, be sure like be fully sure on that but they were definitely like mid from the middle east but i don't know what you know exactly what race and i don't want to you know say you know the wrong um race and stuff so but they were definitely um you know um brown people and uh so you know i've i've you know and i've felt that uh that same um stereotype in other situations you know um being asked for money up front in a cab when somebody, you know, doesn't, other people don't have to, um, being followed by security guards, you know, and, and this isn't just from the Middle East. This is from anybody that's a newcomer from anywhere around the world, um, you know, that they have these stigmas and these, um, you know, they, they live by these stereotypes, you know, with our people. And I believe that honestly we were stereotyped and so i called her i called the the shop back you know i was upset 
So I called the shop back, but you know, like really I would, I would, uh, I would advise anybody, you know, that goes through this to, to sit back and think about it before you make the call, <laughs> because, um, you know, you want to say everything that you want to say, you know, and I understand that passion that we have. We want to get to it, especially if it's our own children, but I wish I would have waited and, and thought about it, you know, and recorded the phone call actually. But I, um, so I call, I called and, um, you know, I said, you know, it's, we, I just was there. We were turned away for lice and you're the, the barber that turned us away made a mistake because we got our hair cut in Airdrie and they, they said that there was no lice. And she said, I'm, I really apologize for that. I should have double checked it. Uh, we'll, we're uh, taking responsibility and all this stuff. And I said, well, no, I, I, to be honest, we didn't really feel welcome. Like I started to think about everything, all the whole situation of me being in there now, you know, and, you know, when we did our, we did our appointment and then when we came back, she came up and asked us, can I help you? And I was like, yeah, we're back for our appointment, you know, and it was so full in there. And, you know, and then another, a co another comment that she said to me is like, I didn't even know you were indigenous. I thought you were Spanish. And so like, I took that as, is, is that supposed to be a compliment? Is that what, like, is that what you're saying to me? Like, I should be happy that you didn't think I was Indigenous? Like, so it's just, um, you know, it's a good example of the lack of um, education that they have with our newcomers, you know, on a government level, on an everyday level. Um, I know that they've recently um, put in, that you know, uh, newcomers should study um, treaties and should study indigenous history. But what about the people from the 60s? What about the people from the 70s? What about the people from the 80s? What about the people from the 90s? You know, and so, and that's exactly you know um, what was said to me by the owner because I talked to talked to the owner um, two days ago. Um, and, or yesterday, sorry, I talked to him yesterday and I said, you know, um, and I talked to the human humans rights commission and, you know, it, it is a long process there, as you said, um, but I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to take the time to do it because I think it's important. And like, just from talking with, with the owner, um, he said, you know, my, my children are teaching me about indigenous people because of the, the, you know, because of schooling and because of truth and reconciliation. And he said, to be honest, you know, uh, we were taught to stay away from indigenous people when we're first, when we first come here. And that's not the, that's not the first time that I've heard that. Same. I've heard that from other uh, uh, newcomers that have come here. And it's usually a worker that's their same race that is working for immigration that says, stay away from indigenous people. They're addicted, they're thieves, and all the stereotypes that, you know, why they follow us around in stores. And, um, you know, and, and it's not to say that some of our people aren't addicted and, and some of our people don't break the law because that's, that's not true as well. 
but to paint us all with the same brush and not really have that education about you know the good things that indigenous people are are, are doing and you know that they might connect with the very reason why they were running from their country that we went through those same things too and that's why there is you know those addictions and those stereotypes and so i um you know, I, I, I talked to the, when I talked to the Human Rights Commission, she asked, you know, well, since, you know, like he got his hair cut somewhere else, it looks like a pretty good case here because, you know, he's on age, uh, the haircut was completed with, with no lice and stuff. And she said, you know, and now it's just, what do you want to do? Do you want to sue them? Do you want to sue the store? Do you want to, um, you know, uh, put in possible programs? you know, we can, you know, possibly go that route, you know, instead of getting somebody fired or suing and that type of thing. And, you know, for me, I think that that would be where I would want to head, you know, is to be able to, and that's what I told the owner. I said, you know, let's team up. Let's make something special happen here between the two of us, because this happened in your shop, you know, let's, let's bring our, uh, let's, let's make something happen with, with uh with the mall you know if you guys have um staff training or if you have you know where they have weekends of staff training or security training then maybe we can have uh, somebody from our indigenous community someone from the the blackfoot community or someone from from the area come in and tell you a little bit about who we are you know i think that that to me rather than suing somebody and going for some sort of lawsuit or payments or whatever that to me would mean so much more uh to see something real come out of it and and so i'm i'm willing to go for the long haul here um and it it, it you know he he said to me he wasn't interested because they said you know the conversation we are having right now the because he's uh he's from the lebanese community and i said uh your community needs to hear this conversation we're having right now on the phone and so does mine so does the indigenous community i said what i think we need to do is sit down and record a conversation like this and he was not he's he was shy about it and not really interested in doing it like let's sit down and have lunch together and 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 you know hash this out and it's like but that's only that's that's really not going to do anything though my friend that doesn't do anything for the barber it doesn't do anything for your shop it doesn't do anything for cross iron mills it doesn't do anything for the indigenous people and other you know newcomers can you know, i we pause you for one second yeah yeah so, so a lot of the lebanese that i know here in the northwest or northeast um a lot of them are actually folks who are originally Palestinian and were forced to flee Palestine because of Israeli control and ended up in Lebanon before they ended up here in Canada. So it, it's, you know, I have been harping in that community for 10 years. Uh, the truth is they don't respect me as an Indigenous woman, so I've I've quit trying. Um, I have decided from now on because, you know, I ran and, and obviously failed twice now. 
And I, I just know that at the end of the day, because I'm a woman and because I'm native, I'm not respected. And I, and it's not just the Lebanese community. Right. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying, I'm done trying to educate people who don't want to be educated. And it is really hard when, like, I have friends that I've, I have, you know, a 15 years relationship with, and they still call me first nation and still won't call me Dene. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I'm kind of like, you know, it, it's kind of insulting. Like if I were to call my friend, oh, from the Middle East, when I know they're from Lebanon, what like, or if, if I know they're Palestinian, you know, like it, it, it's just hurtful and it's insulting. And I have tried, I've, I've worked with the Center of Newcomers of developing um, a course. And when the funding ran out, that was that. And I mean, I, tried to work with Nenshi and then he used me as a talking point because when the new Syrians came I said look we need to have uh because he had this big town hall at the library and I I advocated for us I said when these newcomers come and they come into the airport rather than seeing the white hats why can't they smell our smudge hear our drums and see us in our regalia and that was completely dismissed and misused in a negative way that really hurt me. And I, I just, I, so like, I, I really hurt by the very community I live within for this reason that you try to engage with them in such a positive, constructive way. And it goes in one ear out the other and is totally dismissed. So I'm just, I just want to bring that up that I feel like you're getting a little further, but I'm not going to lie. It sucks. And I know exactly what you're, you're going through. So I just wanted to let you know you know, you're not alone in how much you've tried to, you know, work with newcomers, yet it just gets so dismissed. So I just wanted you to know you're not alone. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, more of us need to speak up on this. And, you know, I mean, the videos won't stop. The, like the TikTok videos of, of, of our youth and Indigenous people with long hair walking through the stores and being followed by you know, uh, security guards, uh, by cashiers, by those, those won't stop. So it's not going anywhere. So, you know, I think it's, um, you know, it's definitely, uh, we got to speak up more about it, you know, when, and even if it uh, takes a long time with the Human Rights Commission and that type of stuff, they seem very interested in doing something. And, you know, and that's where, where I really want to um, head towards, you know, because you're, I, I felt, um, I felt that, I felt exactly that, that, um, that the owner of the salon was trying to just brush it under the rug, let's just have lunch and, uh, you know, let's hash this out between us men and, you know, but that's not, that's not going to do anything for, for like what, our conversation, I said, this conversation we're having is a beautiful conversation, my friend. How come you're, why are you shy to, to uh, you know, it's almost like um, uh, he felt like it wouldn't be a man thing to do, to, to go on, on camera. And uh, you know what I mean? And it's like, well, this is kind of, you know, it, it's not good enough for me. Um, it's not going to work for me. Um, just just us two hashing it out so I I actually sent an email back over to um, the mall the administration today and said we did speak I said but I feel like um, the owner is trying to brush it under the, under the rug and that's not going to work for me so um, I'm going to be 
going through with putting the complaint in with the Human Rights Commission. And, um, you know, and I let them know, too, that I'm not looking to sue them all or cause any sort of huge trouble between, uh, you know, Indigenous and non-Indigenous people. But I would like to see what they can do. They said that they can make some sort of programs happen with the security. Uh, and even I don't care if it just starts with uh, with cross iron mills, you know, only cross iron mills or just whatever it is. Well, however small it is, as long as um, as long as something started there, you know, well, I'm, I'm just going to bring it up, Kurt, you you've brought up call to action 92, which is business and reconciliation call to action 93 and 94, you know, like it, at a certain point in time, people have to see that these calls to action matter. And if they had done their due diligence, then we wouldn't be in the situation where you have to talk about, look, I'm still experiencing racism. And now I have to go to the Human Rights Commission because of this. So I, I just, I'm glad you're doing it. Because like, even me, I have paperwork and paperwork that I have to fill out in order to complain about the pharmacists um, to the Pharmacist College of Alberta. And um I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of all the paperwork. And, um, and and just as a heads up, I've worked with these human rights groups before, and they this is what they do. They have a cute, young, little, like privileged person who knows nothing about Indigenous people. And they're, you know, trying to get an extra credit in their first year of university. So they they volunteer for the for these types of human rights organizations. And I, I actually quit engaging with them because I was doing a bunch of free education to a university student who could afford university, who could afford to work for uh, the commission, uh, one of these uh, human rights boards. And I'm not getting anywhere and they're not helping me because I'm educating them. So then I had like, it was like two like uh, slaps across the face. Like first of all, the pharmacist and now them. So you know, I'm, I'm, I want to be there as you go through this as your friend, obviously, and just know you're not alone as you go through it. And I encourage you to, and you're inspiring me to get the stupid paperwork done. So I just want to yeah. let you know that too. Well, that's good. Yeah. It's, it's just, I mean, <clears throat> there's just been too many instances in my life where I walked away and said, I just turned the other cheek and said, you know what, it's okay. I'm doing positive things in my life. I'll just do better, you know, we'll just, I'll just continue the work that I'm doing, those type of things. And, uh, you know, I just can't let that one go with my son, you know, it's just, uh, and like I said, I'm, I'm not trying to cause a further divide. I'm actually bringing us more together and find out, you know, how we can uh, learn about each other. Because what you just said to me here, I, you just totally taught me, I had no idea that that's why I didn't want to say like the people were asking me, was it a Lebanese person? Was it somebody that was an East Indian? I don't know, you know? And so like, I'm in the same boat. And this is what the owner and I were discussing is that he's like, I don't know anything about you. And I said, well, I don't know anything about you. So how about we get together and find out about each other on a live broadcast and, and let our people see this, that you're from here and I'm from here, but you know, he was um, not really having it, you know, so we'll go a different way. You know, I, I put the hand out and uh, offered and, you know, it's really what I want to do. But if I'm forced to go this other way, then that's the way I'll go, I guess, you know. 
Yeah, I feel you, my friend. And, you know, I, I mistakenly thought when Jody Wilson Rainbow was going through issues in the, in the, in the party, I mistakenly thought I could help educate folks out of that too. And, you know, it, I, there's just this, sometimes this belief system, this, um, that, you know, we're, we're troublemakers and, and that like, it's so embedded that deep anti-Indigenous bias. So um, I just, you know, hope, you know, you're not going to be alone through this. We, me, my listeners, everybody's going to love following you in any way we can support you through it. And yeah, I'm, I'm tired of this too. Like I was the same way. I've, I don't know, spent my first 30 years letting it go, letting it go, letting it go. And then I had my baby and then they were like, so awful to me in the hospital that I'm like, I don't want another person going through this. And I've heard so much worse than what I went through. And I hate that our children are going through these awful like moments of racism. And because I, I don't care what anybody says, I know your son's never going to forget that moment and never, yeah. gonna, you know, like it, it's going to haunt him. And I talk a lot about racial battle fatigue and racial trauma. And these are, are moments of it. Like when we got Indian Affairs return my daughter's Indian um, paperwork and say, oh, it's not complete. It's like it was complete. You're just being ridiculous. And I tell people it's easier to get a Canadian citizenship. It's easier to get your Canadian passport. Like we just heard all these people complaining, all of these privileged people that are like, oh my God, I'm going on vacation. I can't believe that Canada won't give me my passport. I'm like, try being a native, try getting your status. How many of our women have had to fight in order just to have status? And now I'm trying to fight for my daughter's status, just like my auntie fought for me to have my status. It's just ridiculous. So I don't know. I just hope you know, like, I have so much love, solidarity, respect for what you're going through. And I'm so appreciative of you sharing this here. No, I, I uh, you know, I thank you for giving me a platform uh, to share it and, uh, you know, you know, I, I just had a niece that was in Calgary that went through this, that was, um, you know, she's, she's uh, half um, Cree and, and, and Soto uh, with French and then her, her father's Jamaican. And so, Oh, I yeah. bet she's beautiful. Holy. Oh yeah. <laughs> a very, very, very pretty woman. And, uh, but she was walking out of, uh, you know, the, the store, at Safeway on 16th there, the sec, uh, right by um, Deerfoot and 16th, uh, close that Safeway or co-op or whatever is there. I think it's co-op or Safeway, one of the two. And um, <clears throat> she ended up walking and uh, one of the security or managers stopped her and said, you know, do you have anything in your pockets? And she said, what? She, she thought it was just a joke, like literally, because she had no bags on her and she was carrying some popsicles. They just stopped there for some popsicles, you know, or something like that. It was like ice cream sandwiches. I don't know what it was, but some sort of, you know, treat or something. And and then, you know, she's like, are you this right now? And, and he, she's like, this is all I have. He's like, no, I think I saw you looking for cameras. I was watching you and she's like, okay, you know, like, uh, so then she goes and, and, and this was her mentality. It's okay. I'll just let it go. You know? Yeah. And so my, she goes in and tells my mom and my mom actually has, has a total flip out, you know, <laughs> moment. 
and she's like no you can't let this go you know you literally cannot let this go so she went back in my mom said i i really wish that i would have handled it in a little bit of a better way because she was really super upset and rightfully um, so i you know what this is that racial battle fatigue though her boundaries were rightfully pole vaulted over and her yep. anger shows that she loves her herself and her child and that this is an injustice like we have to stop with this like angry black woman angry native because at the end of the day people are violating our rights our human rights so they have yeah. every right to be angry and i'm tired of people telling me not to be angry when our rights are being violated oh totally and you know what's uh, there was even people that were watching and she particularly said this uh, white lady was watching. Uh, she, she called her a Karen and was like, do you want me to call the police? I can call the police, like trying to get involved because my mom was was raising her voice and getting super upset at the uh, uh, at the manager. Right. But she she took it a step further, too. She went and called um the, the you know she called the supervisors the managers hr all that stuff and uh and they ended up uh doing a meeting and doing all this stuff i'm not sure exactly what happened but she said that they've they haven't seen the guy since um so i don't know what happened with it but uh yeah she also wasn't gonna let it go so it's just you know it, it's happening um and it's not going to stop happening um our people are are usually looked at doesn't matter what you look like how you dress how nice you are any of those things where you know there's just a certain people that think we are troublemakers and you know it all starts back with you know the word indian giver way back then you know and never trust the indians word you know never never trust uh uh and then that's what a lot of people called us at that time. I know that that's not what we're, what we're called, but, you know, if you look at the history of our, you know, you look at the history of Thanksgiving, you know, the Thanksgiving was just a cover up for the word Indian giver, but, you know, that's, <laughs> that's, uh, that's some of the history that a lot of those Canadians, a lot of the newcomers won't, won't know, you know, they no. won't history of no. that. They won't be taught these things and and it's ironic because like you know all of that uh propaganda was created by the very people who stole all our lands and yeah. erased our culture and took our language so you know i the the languages that ironically won world wars you know so it it's just such a slap yeah. in the face um so i i just want you to know um how much i appreciate you being strong on this and and your mom for being strong in the other case too because i don't want my daughter going through this anymore i don't want her kids going through it if she chooses to have children or at least the next generations like i just don't understand why everybody's okay uh just before we got on here i see in this like awful awful logo from the Diefenbaker high school that they had the deep cheeks uh chiefs so they have like this angry face with like war paint on it and and that's their logo and uh the principal uh uses this i don't even know when this was done but they were like well Siksika nation totally okayed it so i sent it to their council and i'm like 
you guys really okay are okay with this because i i guarantee there was this was a conversation long between before trc long before we were talking about racism and you know at a time where people out of all the fights you're going to fight is this going to be the one you're going to fight right so and and we're at that point now where our youth is they're not going to tolerate this stuff anymore it's the youth coming to me saying i don't want to go to a school that has a mascot of the deaf chiefs right so so we have to make these changes for our youth because they don't need to be taken right to residential school or scooped anymore like this is has to end yeah for sure for sure yeah i never even heard of that but just the just not even you don't even have to say the picture just the deep chiefs is like really wow it's bad yeah i know so that there's two images that i've seen and the first one it was just like a big d with like a fake headdress on it and i was like that's bad and now the yeah. second one i've seen is even worse and i'm like and people are proud of this. That's what's the most insulting part is the principal is proud of it. And, and you know, most of our listeners, like they don't engage. They think mm. that reconciliation is listening to their voices, not actually doing the work of changing all of this stuff behind the scenes. So like, I literally had to have an argument with somebody who in Medicine Hat who said to me, why, why can't our kids have the Mohawk uh, Medicine Hat uh, as their logo? I'm like, holy cow, we just did a land acknowledgement teaching and that was what you thought was acceptable to ask? Like the Mohawks aren't, you're not even in Mohawk territory. Why, like, why is us being a costume or a, a mascot okay in their eyes? It's just ridiculous. So anyway, I just hope you know your son. Um, I, I respect and love him so much and I hope that we can support him in any way we can too. Cause like, this is racial trauma and I don't, I don't wish this for you. I don't wish this for him. Well, I thank you so much for, you know, having me here today. And, you know, uh, I think that this is a a part of, you know, our reconciling action or, you know, I know a lot of people are, are changing the word, but I think that, you know, it is a part of it is, is, and I encourage any listeners out there, you know, if you, we got to start reporting every incident, you know, don't just let it go. I know it takes a lot of work and I know like it, that fatigue that you talk about is real because we have a, uh, we have a mechanism in ourselves as indigenous people to heal instantly because of, of the residential schools being so, so traumatic. And when we, and when we, we have that a lot of times we're by the morning, like the morning, that next morning, I felt like I was, I wanted to heal myself and forget about it and move on to the positive things that I have in my life. You know, like all these markets that we have coming up and all these things where we're going to get together as people. I had all that in my mind and I was like, am I going to step back into that trauma that I was in yesterday and fight this battle? And that's that. I, I can and, and that's why a lot of people just will walk away because yeah. you know it's our healing it's our defense mechanism from the tra- traumatic stuff that we've been to and I I call it a like a survival's mentality that we have as indigenous people but we're starting to this next generation the generation after we're coming out of that survival mentality you know where we're actually coming into a mentality where we belong right here 
you know, we belong where we are, you know? And so it's, uh, yeah. So right crazy. on, <laughs> right on. Am I going to see you on Saturday or Sunday? Cause there is that market in the belt line. Yeah. Be there yeah uh joanna will be there with me we're gonna be uh have our stuff set up she's also gonna be uh speaking and stuff and so yeah we're uh we'll be there it's gonna be awesome amazing yeah my daughter is super excited to go to it i think uh there's there's a few people with you say that are somehow associated to it so it's like we gotta go i'm like absolutely let's do it so i'm really excited to see you there for sure, for sure. I'll talk to you a little bit about, you know, some of the uh, other ideas I have. I have a new documentary that I'm, I'm filming right now, and it's called uh, In the Name of Father, Son, Grandmother, Moon. And it's uh, just talking about the uh, religion and how um, it separated us, even right down to our, our reserves right now. There's a huge, just, you know, just with filming my reserve, Right now, there's a huge divide between the born again, the Anglo and the traditional. Um, and so I wanted to do a, I asked my my huge tough brother who's a chief in that. And I said, can he speak about this? And when he said no, that I better not talk about this. I knew that that was my next documentary. I had to focus <laughs> because I'm like, a big strong person like this doesn't want to talk about it we need to talk about this you know like and also like the fact that there is no places well there's very few places for indigenous people in every major city across turtle island to have a safe space to pray like a church or like a mosque or one of those things we don't have those uh per se yet and i know that those are being worked on, but that's something I would like to see, you know, I would like to see a place where we can have our funerals right in the city, where we can have our sweats and we can have our ceremonies right in the city, not out on the land, not beyond the city limits, right in the land where we belong, right in Calgary, right in Edmonton, right in Winnipeg, across the city. I would love to see a safe space for us to pray, you know, a church, but something for us, like as Indigenous people, for our ceremonies. And because a lot of people will never get to experience that, that don't have a way out, out of the city, that don't have those connections to sweats and stuff like that. So that's what I, I that's the next focus now with this next do documentary. And I've filmed churches in my travel all across uh, Turtle Island from um, from Ontario back here and it's just you really start to notice the millions and billions of dollars that are put into these buildings across Canada and it's like this can't all be from donations every Sunday passing that that dish around or you know so there's got to be something there for us and I, I really hope to see that you know and that's my that's my next journey anyway if people are are wondering what I'm up to. Where should people follow you, Kurt? Um, you can check me out on uh, Mustos Productions on TikTok and then on uh, Facebook, just under Kurt Young. And you can also uh, check out my brand new music at uh, kurtyoung.herenow.com. And my, my brand new album and stuff will come up there as well. 
Wonderful. Thank you so much, Kurt. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Um, that's pretty much, I think that's it. You know, I, I hope to see everybody over the, the holidays, make sure you some things you could never buy in, in any, uh, uh, Walmart or any of the stores there. They're all handmade, um, by indigenous, uh, uh, crafts, women and men and, or people. So it's going to be wonderful to see everybody down there. I'm, I'm very excited. Oh, that's great. Oh, thanks, Kurt, so much. I so appreciate you coming on and talking about it. And I'd love to have you on as a follow up as you, uh, you know, move forward with this and, and all your other projects. So please know, uh, you're welcome on my show anytime to talk about these things. And I, I'm so happy we finally got to connect here. For sure, for sure. Yeah, let's just hope that, uh, you know, we can make something happen over there across iron, cross iron, make it an example for the rest of the malls and that you know you just never know what can happen i'm i'm hoping for uh for for something that bridges us together yeah. yeah, me too. Thank you so much, Kurt. I appreciate that. Uh, so for folks who are maybe new to Indigenous issues, I run a book club. Uh, we just finished the chapter seven and eight of the National Inquiry for volume 1A. So on December 12th at 630, we have author Bruce McIver coming in to talk about the book Standoff. And then in January, of course, we'll start off with the National Inquiry chapter nine and 10. So if you're interested in maybe some of the issues that we talked about here we have the reconciliation action group and this is a group for settlers trying to do some of that good work in the city um, we've had a lot of folks focusing on education we have some folks focusing on child welfare so if whatever uh, you want to work on we would love to support you and vice versa we want to promote whatever it is you're working on uh, even if you don't want to be associated with us uh, but we'll promote it for you so these are things you can do please join us there I'm proud that this podcast has given solutions and included cultural training safety training uh, cultural first aid and all of them to create a safer space for Indigenous, for people of color, those with disabilities, and LGBTQ2 to speak. I want to say thank you to authors Cheryl Ward and Alicia uh, Branch, sorry, Chelsea Branch and Alicia Fritkin uh, from here to help.bc for a resource of what is Indigenous cultural safety and why should I care about it? Their work and those cultural action tools are available. So please support indigenous work like that as part of your reconciliation work and settler understandings. I'm just lucky enough to highlight them here. Internalized racism or lateral violence is another form of violence indigenous and marginalized folks experience by the structure of racism imposed on these lands. So when you hear me say, oh, I don't think uh, there should be a medicine hat Mohawks team, um, and you find an Indigenous person like, I don't understand what the big deal is. Well, that's what's called lateral violence and internalized racism. And these are things that we can work on as marginalized uh, folks so that we're not undermining each other as people try to do the good work of uh, dismantling structural racism. So go to racialequitytools.org. What is internalized racism by Donna Bevins? Uh, also, if you see somebody being uh, mistreated, rather than being the Karen that asked if you should be calling the police, you should actually be the person trying to intervene and help the racialized person. And you can do that at afsc.org. Do's and don'ts bystander interventions by American Friends Service Committee. 
Indigenous have been talking about our issues, sharing our traumas in reports, commissions, and public hearings, just so it can be regularly disregarded. No more. Honor our words, honor the treaties, honor the reports, listen to politicians and their policies and platforms. If they don't recognize marginalized in their budget with gender equity plus, if they're cutting violence prevention programs, services, Indigenous education, uterus health choices, gay straight alliances, lack of human rights for migrants, immigrants, folks with disabilities, folks struggling with addictions, knowing, know that your vote to that party directly negatively impacts marginalized people. Demand that they implement the Truth and Reconciliation Commission calls to action, because again, these help everyone, not just Indigenous people, but literally everyone. The recommendations of the Royal Commission on Aboriginal Peoples, the multiple reports about child welfare reform, violence prevention, and now 231 calls to justice from na the National Inquiry on Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women, Girls, and Two-Spirit. Provincially in Alberta, the Kenny government created 113 pathways to justice, so all you blue voters should be holding your blue MLAs to account on it. Follow the new Premier's Council on Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women and Girls' Work. Municipally, we have the White Goose Flying Report. Denying these reports is a form of abuse called gaslighting. Our people are ex experiencing extreme racism in the justice, business, <laughs> education, and health institutions with multiple reports that say the same things. Demand change from election platforms and politicians. If they don't understand colonialism, racism, privilege, sexism, they literally have zero running, zero business running. This should be understood by all parties, local politicians, community organizations, businesses, sports clubs, Google's uh, articles on how to how how non-Indigenous Canadians can become allies because there's multiple articles about it now. If you are experiencing emotional distress after anything we talked about today and want to talk, you can call the First Nation and Inuit Hope for Wellness Helpline at 855-242-3310. You can also go onto their website at hopeforwellness.ca where they have a text option. If more related to missing and murdered in, uh, Indigenous women, girls, and Two-Spirit, you can call 844-413-6649. It is 24-7, both are. And for non-Indigenous, you can call the distress center lines in your area, usually a functioning 211, or call 833-456-4566. There's also a 60 Scoop Indigenous Society of Alberta. You can go to ssisa.ca. The following are 2S LGBTQ plus crisis supports, and they are available in most areas of Canada. So you can go to lifevoice.ca where the Trevor Project put together um, information for all LGBTQ2 plus. So for the youth, you can call 866-844-7386. And because it is Trans Awareness Week, the Trans Lifeline is 877-330-6366. Uh, we have a problem with uh, substance and a, a drug crisis. So if you are using, do not use alone. If you do have to use alone, you can go to the National Overdose Response Service at 888-688-NORS, or you can download two apps, either the Brave or the Doors app. Violence is my everyday reality. Every Indigenous generation has faced it. This is self-care, how I take my power back. 
That's why I started this podcast to speak freely without interruption, without tone police, without leadership shaming, without gaslighting questions, as many people don't want to hear Indigenous opinion, but sure want to tell us theirs, usually by people who are confidently ignorant and don't know anything about Indigenous colonialism, the constant surveillance of Indigenous people, our protests, our vigils, and our rights. I and many others share daily, so it's unacceptable to say microaggressions anymore. Learn about being trauma-informed. Folks like me are dealing with internalized racism and gatekeeping. Folks who survive off the status quo or people who are so in their trauma that they stop people from doing the work and deplete personal resources. Internal and external racism is an everyday reality for me, Indigenous folks, folks with disabilities, QT, BIPOC, and more. I want to say Masi Cho to my ancestors, to my granny, to my mom of what strength looks like through your example. I want to thank my dad for teaching me to be strong and blunt, my stepmom for showing me what a proud culture is through her Austrian family and roots, and stepping up and teaching me to be a proud Calgarian. Through her, I'm a second generation proud Calgarian. Thank you to my husband, Darcy, big buffalo rock man for producing and editing the show. On top of being my husband, my childhood friend and father of our child, he has shown nothing but love and support down my journey of the Red Road, witnessing decades of racism and sexism. And to our child, Thunderpipe Necklace Woman, we are blessed to learn from you daily and we are honored you chose us. You give me daily accountability to be a better and stronger person. I hope my daughter and my family will be proud in the future of trying to discuss these present day issues in a way that they can understand down the road. My patron account is Native Calgarian where you can pledge and support. Thank you to my previous donors for showing your support. If you value listening or watching and can afford to give, thank you. For those who cannot afford to give, I'd love to hear from you at nativeyyc at gmail.com or you can send in your comments or your questions. I also have a YouTube channel that you can go and subscribe. Go to nativecalgarian.com for the latest podcasts and pin posts on social media. And I want to end by giving side eye to those Calgary rabbits. You're lucky I'm not tradish. And my beautiful cousin would respond, or you'd be in my dish. Thank you so much, folks, for listening. <laughs> <laughs>